No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Welcome into the Friday edition of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you on a Friday. A Sean, I woke up, it was a little rainy outside, a little cold Friday here. Mm-hmm. A little different. It's been it's been a little warmer lately. Woke up this morning. Nice felt change. a little different. I got a sweatshirt on, it's a little cold in the house today. Yeah. Cold's not really probably the proper word to use, but a little cold here. We usually How are you rain. doing? This week is usually my so my older brother's birthday is March nineteenth, and as we when we were kids. I feel like it always rained when we had things planned for his birthday. So this week, usually somewhere within this week, we get something. So it's not too far off the norm. But uh, yeah, a little chilly today. But I'm feeling good, dude. I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, that's good. A little, a little downer yesterday with my Sun Devils, you know. And Your, your um, streak is over. Streak's my, over. My winning streak as a fill-in color analyst for Kyle Dodd nice. is now over. Um, as the Devils yesterday, just be by, you know, the number one seed. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a good <laughs> basketball team. It's still a shorthanded Devils team. Uh, no, no Christopher, no Bagley in this tournament at all, and um, Remy Martin struggled shooting the basketball yesterday for the for a good portion of that game. You look at the box score and you see that he had 16. Well, that all came in like the final seven minutes of the ball game. He hadn't scored for for uh, throughout the first half into the second half, and it was just a struggle shooting the ball again. You know, 10 for 28 from behind the arc, whereas uh, Oregon shot 56 percent from three. They're one of the top shooting teams in the country from behind the arc, and. Um, you know, usually where Devils, where the Sun Devils are able to keep themselves in games when you're running out the at times four guard lineup is being able to create havoc. Jalen House can be a pest. Turnovers, you know, create a lot of turnovers. Well, yesterday, Sun Devils were a minus two in the turnover category. Uh, turned it over 12 times, only turned Oregon over 10 times. That's usually where they can make up the ground, uh, being a smaller team, and it just wasn't there. Oregon's, Oregon was a better basketball team yesterday, but listen, the season's over. You know, and something I said, excuse me, at the end of the broadcast yesterday was it's very easy for Arizona State fans to look at this season as just a complete failure. And from where the goals were at the start of the year, you could call it that, and that's fair, right? But I didn't want, and I said this at the end of the end of the game, I, I didn't want the vibe at the end of that game to be all about the what ifs, right? The what if we didn't have all the injuries? What if we didn't have all the starts and stops? What if, what if, what if? Uh, and focus on the fact that we even had a college basketball season. Yep. Like, you know, having an opportunity to be around the team and see, and, and understand the, the hurdles that they had to jump over uh, and the hoops they had to go through every single day. And this isn't just an ASU thing. I'm talking college athletics at, in its entirety. The From the players to the coaches to the staff members is just um, – it's unbelievable what they went through daily so we could even enjoy a basketball season. So if you're a Sun Devil fan, yeah, man, I'm with you. It was Talk about disappointment. The, the expectations for this team, uh, how long you were waiting for this season, knowing who was coming in with the Christophers and the Bagleys. And, um, yeah, it's, it's unbelievably disappointing. But understand that I would much rather be sitting here disappointed with how this season went, having had a college basketball season, than what the alternative could have been of no, no college basketball season at all. So I tip my cap to the players, the coaches, the staff members, not just at Arizona State, but across the board for college basketball uh, to even put on a season. So uh, disappointing yesterday, but in the grand scheme of things, we got through it. I didn't think we were going to be able to say that. Yeah, and compare it to some of the other conferences. Look at what happened to Duke season, the way their season ended. Look at the way Georgia Tech moved on in the ACC tournament. I mean, you're seeing that across college basketball right now. Teams are just advancing in their conference tournament because the other teams are getting positive tests. So Sun Devils got to go out controlling their own destiny, right? They got to play the basketball game, and and it ultimately didn't work out, but they they got to play a full season. All right, John, you kind of jumped the gun on me. That's part of in the lead, Uh, but you felt like you you needed to get that off your chest. Had to get it out of the way. 
Oh, that's I had fine. To put I, that, I, I, it had to be in the lead of in the lead. It had to be ahead okay, of so it. I, I, pre- I appreciate yeah. that. So with that being said, can we now get to what is in the lead on a Friday? This is the one they're talking about. Just gonna, I'm going to just very quickly on my notes here, just cross that one off the list yeah, here. We'll get it. to that one here mm-hmm. in the lead. The Suns last night, Sean, start their second half the way they ended their first half. Victory. They beat the Bo- the Portland Trailblazers and Sean. Devin Booker drops 35. Big game from him. And the Suns pick up right where they left off. Good to see. Yeah, definitely good to see. Good to see Booker. Um, you know, you heard from Monty Williams going into this game that he had done everything right. You know, deciding not to play in the All-Star game. Um, you know, for forego the All-Star game. Do everything you can to get back and be healthy for the second half run. And he looked great last night. He was outstanding. You know, and that was kind of a back and forth. It was a fun basketball game. A lot of runs back and forth. And uh, Phoenix Suns getting the win at the, you know, pulling away in the fourth quarter there. But it was a, uh, it was good to see a Suns team as Monty Williams also before yesterday's game talked about if you get fat on the farm, you get slaughtered. And what he's what he means by that is if you're getting happy. You know, you had a good first half. Can't rest on your you laurels. Can't rest, man. You got to keep going. Uh, you know, you can't. You can't be happy with what you've accomplished at the halfway point. And the Phoenix Suns yesterday still looked hungry uh, and played some pretty good basketball. Um, uh, yeah, and, and that's that's a good thing to see. Uh, I, listen, uh, the chase is on now. They're, we know what we want this team to do in the second half. We talked about it at the end of the first half. But Sean, the chase of, of the Utah Jazz is on. That's who they're chasing down now. It's the only team they have to chase down in the Western Conference. Everybody else is behind them. So you look up, you're two games back uh, from the Utah Jazz. That is the next goal for this Phoenix Suns team. Continue to play well and chase down the Utah Jazz. A wise man said earlier in the week, you know, I'd be interested if the Arizona Cardinals brought back Robert Alford on a one-year deal, restructured his deal more to the Dre Kirkpatrick era. A wise that? man said who that said on the that? show. Is, it was on this that? show on Wednesday. Oh, Sean is that right? Sean said that. He said, I wouldn't cut Robert Alford. I would try to restructure his deal. A half half credit here because they did cut him earlier <laughs> in the week, but they bring him back today, we have learned. Robert Alford will be returning to the Arizona Cardinals on a one-year deal. We don't know the specifics of the money. Um, they did cut him, so there's some dead cap associated with Robert Alford. I don't know how the cap on that can work. I don't know if they're able to lump that back in. I'm not sure. I will, I'll raise my hand and say that's one part of the, the salary cap and the CBA that I don't understand. They did cut him, so they did take on some dead money, but what does the new contract look like? Well, we don't also- know. And Sean? This is depth to the cornerback room that yeah. this team desperately needs. There's also the question of did the paperwork actually get put through? Like there's a lot of times where guys get told they Fair. were going to get cut. And so and, yeah. and then it, it finds its way to the media and we all start circulating. You're like, oh, so-and-so got cut, but the paperwork never went through. So therefore that dead cap money isn't officially on the books. Who the hell cares, right? So it's like the Cleveland Browns not submitting to the yeah, trade paperwork. exactly right. The damn fax machine won't go. Uh, so scared my dog when I did that. The um, uh, So anyway, no, this is a good move, right? There's no reason... If he has anything left in the tank, just to simply cut him and let him walk and not even bother with it. If you have the ability to add somebody into that room who's been there for two years, hasn't played, I get it. Knows but the been, system. But he's been there for two years. He's been there since Vance Joseph came around. He understands what the Cardinals are trying to accomplish. You're probably signing him, in the, as you mentioned, we're recording this at 1030 on Friday morning, so we don't have the details of the of the contract. But it's probably going to be written in a way where if he shows up to training camp, it just doesn't have it after the injuries the last couple of years. You move on and you wash your hands, and it's probably not going to not going to hit you anywhere uh, in the pocket. So it's a good move. If it works out, you're going to look brilliant, you know, because it, it, you did have hopes that he could be a key contributor for you when you signed him two years ago. That's why you had him on the books for nine million dollars this year originally. But you saved the money by cutting him, renegotiating, 
and Ableton now hopefully have a, a little bit more depth in a room that is definitely an issue going uh, going into the, the, the official start of the offseason on March 17th. Before bringing Robert Alford back on this one-year deal, we now, we had the, we learned the news that they were cutting him. That put the Cardinals' salary cap space, according to OverTheCap.com, at twenty-one uh, million dollars. So we will see where Robert Alford slides in and what kind of space that gives them uh, going forward. Sean, you mentioned that uh, the, the Cardinals signing Robert Alford back to a one-year deal is a good move. Somewhat of a perplexing move, in my opinion, and I'm okay. I'll be old takes exposed on this one. The Patriots. Signing Cam Newton back once again, a one-year deal that can be worth up to $14 million. And, and Sean, I'll be honest, this one has me scratching my head. I, I He did not look good in that Patriots offense last year. And I think there were much better options that, the, that the, the New England Patriots could have gone down. Mitchell Trubisky is a free agent. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a free agent. Jacoby Brissett is a free agent. I think those three options just right there would have been better than what you saw from Cam Newton. And I think to, to bring him back is a bit of a surprise, in my opinion. This is clearly a rebuild going on in New England. Bill Belichick's probably not happy about that, but they are certainly rebuilding specifically at that position. This one baffles me. It really does. Um, it wasn't great. Right. I mean, you can also look at it as he had COVID throughout the year. You know, it didn't have any weapons there really to deal with at all. I mean, so how bad uh, truly was it on Cam last year in terms of how bad that offense looked? I mean, he did complete 65% of his passes last year. It wasn't great. And I agree with you. There might be some better options out there. But um, if you're in a position now, if you're the New England Patriots and you know it's a rebuilding situation, you're going to try to break the bank for a better option. Like for instance, I, I'm gonna get, I'm almost gonna guarantee you, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky is gonna get paid. Well, I'm not gonna say that. He may have to go somewhere and prove it. But you know, 14 million. It's not like you're breaking the bank if you're if you're New England. It allows you to maybe yeah, put some things around him. Or sure. Maybe start, maybe start to try to build this roster. He's familiar with what they want to do. They're familiar with him. In a year where you you understand you're rebuilding, it's not the worst option. Yeah. No, I, mean, no, I, I, I was. Just, I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't surprised like you were. Yeah, I, but, I think there were better options out there. Now, could it work? Sure, maybe another year. Cam's not dealing with the effects of COVID. If they put it to your point, I'll, I'll take the positive spin on it. If they do get some receiver help, now they are apparently listening to offers on Nikhil Harry. But if they go out and get a wide receiver in free agency to give him some offensive weapons, yeah, maybe a guy who did complete sixty percent, sixty-five percent of his passes, the, the offense can look better. It just baffled me because it just felt, Sean, it didn't go the way both sides intended it to go in twenty twenty. So it just felt like both sides were going to go in a different direction, right? That's how no, I. Felt about it, it did. so to see them kind of to, to re to reunite on a, on a deal one year, uh, you know, what, what fourteen million dollars is what it can be worth was a little bit surprising to me, and I would have gone in a different direction. Uh, Sean, I feel like I owe you an update because we talked about it on the Wednesday edition of the show, my fantasy baseball draft that's going on. I've made one pick since Wednesday's show. I've made one selection. We are in the sixth round as we speak here. I've made one pick. I'm coming up in a couple of picks, so I might have to make a pick during the show. But since we last talked, I've made one selection in the draft. I have no words for that. Yeah, one 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 selection. What the hell is the time. point of that? Why? What are you guys doing people, over people, there? People making decisions. People have lives. They're taking their time. They have four hours. It windows doesn't to make sound picks. like any of these people do, Schubert. I'm going to be honest here. One pick in in, I've in made, two and I've a half made days. One pick. In fairness, I had a couple of keepers that that took up spots where I would have picked. But yes, I have only actually added one player to my roster since the last time we talked, and it appears it's trending in the direction. There are two more people that have to pick before me. I might have to make a pick during the show. So just prepare no, yourself. Sounds like you have, have sounds like you have days to make these picks. So you're good. You don't have to make the pick in the next 45 minutes. You're all right. That is going to do it for in the lead here That's on a Friday. Ridiculous. I will keep you updated if I do have to make that pick. Coming up next, Sean. Tom Brady restructured his deal. 
in in Tampa Bay today. Dak Prescott got his new deal in Dallas. Quarterback contracts, the subject of our next segment here, because it might have an impact on what the Arizona Cardinals look like in a, in a couple of years. We'll do it next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. Nobull.com, your one-stop shop for everything you need from maintenance to finding that new vehicle, over 6,000 vehicles available at any time, right there at your fingertips. Guaranteed to find what you're looking for. Across their 17 brands, Earnhardt Auto Centers with the 21 different locations. 6,448 to be exact, as the counter on Nobull.com just hit its peak. Uh, and of course, with the Nobull Express option, it doesn't get any easier, man. Nobull Express option at Nobull.com. Bring a car to your front door, test drive it for the day, see if you like it. Out of those 6,448 vehicles, have one brought right to your front door, test drive it. Fill out the application online. Have it delivered to your front door when you're done. It just, it absolutely couldn't be easier the world-class service of Earnhardt Auto Centers you know it since 1951 locally owned and operated you know Earnhardt Auto Centers and now online at nobull.com making the entire thing an absolute breeze nobull nobull.com the express option Earnhardt Auto Centers all of it at a no bull Sean nothing um gets me more excited when we talk about football, they're talking about quarterback contracts. You know how I feel about paying quarterbacks a ton of money and what it does to your ability to win a championship. And you, of all people, crunch the numbers <laughs> on this. You're welcome. You, got, you, were, you were texting me earlier in the week. You're like, we got to do this on Friday. We got to do this on Friday because you found some stuff. So I'm just going to pass the baton over to you, my friend. Well, I'm going just... to hand this, this show over to you and allow you to explain yourself. To the listeners. Well, you had the Dak Prescott contract come down, right? And you know, you that's and a lot I, of money. Four years, one hundred and sixty million dollars. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's two separate financial league records: one hundred and twenty-six million in guaranteed money uh, and the sixty-six million dollars signing bonus, both records. And you know, you see that contract, and we talked about how uh, the Arizona Cardinals, more than likely, in previous podcasts, we've talked about how they're probably going to start the, re- the renegotiation process with their quarterback Kyler Murray next off season after your third year in mm-hmm. the NFL. You can start to renegotiate. So, you know, keep an eye on some of these contracts. Keep an eye on that Dak Prescott deal. But when you really look at the Prescott deal, and I gave you the financial records of it, you mentioned the four-year, $160 million. But the way it's structured to me is incredibly important based off of what we've seen in previous years. This year, it's going to be a $22 million cap hit. It then jumps to 33, 44, and $47 million against the cap in the next three seasons. Another Mm -hmm. way to look at it, Schubert, is it's 10% of the Cowboys' salary cap this year, 16% in 2022, 19 in 23, and 18% in 2024. Now, the reason I bring up those percentages is because of this stat that you've thrown out at, at me a couple of times, Schubert, in the past. Since 1994, Steve Young, the 49ers, they beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl. That was the last time that a quarterback took up 13 or more percent of their team's salary cap and won the Super Bowl. You have to go back to 1994. The last 10 Super Bowl champions. Let me give you where they rank in terms of quarterback salary. Eli Manning won it. He was the fifth highest paid quarterback. Joe Flacco was 16. Russell Wilson was 53. Tom Brady was 12th. Peyton Manning was 6th. Tom Brady again, but he was 18th in terms of quarterback salary that year. Nick Foles won it at 47th, and before you jump on me, Carson Wentz would have been 28th that year. Tom Brady was 11th. Patrick Mahomes then 31st when mm-hmm. he won his Super Bowl. And last year, Tom Brady was 5th. 
So in the last 10 Super Bowls, no quarterback has ranked higher in terms of quarterback salary than fifth in the last 10 years. It just doesn't give you a lot of flexibility to put things around them unless you're absolutely hitting on draft picks. So you have impact players, a considerable amount of impact players on rookie contracts, allowing you to splurge at the quarterback position and so forth. So when you see these big contracts for quarterbacks, the Dak Prescott deal, and you see it higher than 13% of your team's salary cap, history will show you that that's not a good thing. That is not a recipe for success. And if you're the Arizona Cardinals, if you're a Cardinal fan, buckle up. Because if you want to keep that window open, you're not negotiating next year. You're Jerry Jones hardballing this thing for the next two or three years. you're going to have to if you want to keep that window open with the way you've spent, with the way you spent on DeAndre Hopkins, the way you're going to have to spend to keep Chandler Jones here, the way you spent on J.J. Watt. You you can't afford to have a quarterback making 13-plus percent of your salary cap. And don't kid yourself. The way these negotiations go, Schubert, one leapfrogging the other, leapfrogging yes. the other, leapfrogging That's the, the other. Thing to note here. If you think Kyler Murray's deal isn't going to come in north of Dak Prescott, equal or beyond Dak Prescott's deal, right. you're crazy. Put it this way: y'all know I'm a Raider guy. They signed Derek Carr in 2017. That was four years ago. Mm-hmm. 2017. He was the highest paid quarterback when he signed that deal. Which, He's, no offense, Sean, was ridiculous. It whatever was ridiculous, you think, but that's the way it works. Whatever you think about it, who doesn't matter. For my point. My point is he was the highest paid quarterback four years ago in 2017. Yep. He's 13th now. It's leapfrog and, after leapfrog after leapfrog. And he got leapfrog twice that offseason. Just just once. It was Matt Stafford. I looked okay. it up. It was Matt Stafford that same offseason, Jimmy G the next offseason. But the the what I'm getting at here is your negotiation with Kyler Murray is going to have to be on par, if not exceeding the Dak Prescott contract when you have it. So buckle up, because I don't believe the Arizona Cardinals are going to be able to financially do it next year and keep a, a roster competitive on the field. Maybe even not the year after that. I think, I, you're going to have, to I think you're going to have some rocky off-seasons coming up in the next two years for the Arizona Cardinals. I have something to add to this, because obviously the Dak Prescott contract is an important one to keep in mind. But Sean, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson might all sign extensions this yep. offseason. In fact, it's more than likely that they all sign extensions this offseason because, all again, this is, the new, this is the new trend in the National Football League. If you're a first-round quarterback, after that third year, teams decide to just lock you up for contracts. So guess what? That DAC number, I think, is going to get beaten by at least one of those guys, if not two of those guys, if not all three of those guys. So then the conversation is going to change to an even bigger number. And before you come at Sean and I with, what, but guys, the salary cap goes up every year. Yes, the salary cap goes up every year. But you know what? The salary cap has gone up every year since 2011 when they introduced the new CBA. And guess what? This is still a problem. Go back to the numbers that Sean just just showed you. Guys like Aaron Rodgers, they signed those big-time contracts. How many Super Bowls has Aaron Rodgers played in? Now, it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. Go get your money. I want to make that very clear here. Quarterbacks, go get your money. 
But I think the difference between a guy like Tom Brady going for eight Super Bowls and teams still trying to fight for one is what Tom Brady did this morning. Mm-hmm. He restructured his contract again today. Yep. Again, he to lower up. his cap it, to keep everybody else around because they want to run it back. He, not he, not he everybody up, does that. Yep, $18 million in cap space he opened up this morning by restructuring what they did. And there's a loophole that a lot of people are using here. They, this, they, these it's void years. This is the new trend. Yeah, it's technically a four-year contract, though he's only going to play two of them, and you've got void years on the back side of it. So he's going to play next year, 2021. He'll play in 2022. And then there's two void years there where they prorate out some of the salary, able to get it down. Right. So, you know, for him, he may not even lose a penny of what he was anticipating making. It's just now prorated out, helps the cap this particular year. But what it did is opened up $18 million in cap space. All of a sudden, Shaq Barrett, who may see the door, no longer seeing the door, going to stay there. So, but that's what Brady has done his entire career. You know, it's I why Brady has seven, and nobody's going to get close. I want to make that very clear. Right. That's the difference. So I, you know, like I, like I said, the just the, just the last ten years, in just the last ten years, I've got Brady on this on this list three times. In terms of quarterback salary, he ranked twelfth, eleventh, and then this past season he ranked fifth. It's the highest he's been. So you know, you you just got to be careful when you're when you're because you, you have to lock up these quarterbacks, right? Like. You can't keep playing quarterback carousel, and the next thing well, you miss, you can. But well, you can, and next thing you know, you got fans walking around with a jersey that's got thirteen names listed down the back, like the Cleveland oh, Browns, because all of a sudden, because all of a sudden, you start missing, right? So you can't, Schubert. Like you, it, what's what's better off having a, a middle tier quarterback who really struggles to get you in a position to win football games, or overpaying for a quarterback? And hoping I hit on my draft picks so I've got playmakers around him on rookie deals. I'm taking. I get the, what you're I'm saying. Taking, I'm taking the latter of that, but you just got to be careful. You know what I mean? You got you got to be careful. And if you have a guy, a Pro Bowl quarterback on a rookie contract, play hardball. Well, with the Cardinals situation, it might be weird because the quarterback might go play hardball. But you get what I'm saying. Play, wow. play. Wow. <laughs> That's play, my bit. That's yeah. my bit on the show. Play hardball with them because you you got to keep that cap percentage down if you plan on having a football team around them, especially if you have a GM who struggles making draft picks. Wait, say that again? I, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't hear what you were when saying. When you struggle st- making draft picks because if you're paying the quarterback a big percentage, you got to hit elsewhere. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's all for naught. And Sean, Jerry Jones attempted to do what I have been wondering if a general manager would do, right? Because think about this. You draft a quarterback in the first round of the the NFL draft, and Dak Prescott was not drafted in the first round, so I understand that. But let's just go with this example. You draft a quarterback in the first round. Four years, those those guys are under contract. Fifth-year option, you can tag them up to three times. That is eight years before you have to even think about offering a contract. And yes, I understand that the franchise tag, the more years you do it, the number goes up. I understand that. And they, the, the, the Cowboys were flirting with the, with the franchise tag for Dak Prescott next year if they tagged him this year of being north of $50 million. I understand the risks associated with that. But if you're not sure, if you don't want to commit the long-term money, you can do what the Dallas Cowboys did. They ran this thing for six years before they gave Dak his contract extension. You could do that with Kyler Murray. You could say, hey, we're going to play out your five-year contract, tag him twice. It's still going to probably be a respectable number at that point. And then, then you make a decision. I'm surprised more general managers don't go that road, but it's probably because they understand that 
they got to win in order to keep their job. And they have to, and keeping the, the franchise quarterback in town under a long term deal goes a long way for doing that. So there's some internal pressure there to get that done. Um, and, and so Jerry Jones tried it with Dak, and ultimately he lost the leverage battle, right? He lost that battle. Jerry lost, Dak won that, th- those negotiations by getting the 4 So I'm with you, Sean. The Cardinals are going to be in a really tough spot the next two years, but I hate to be the bearer of bad news. They're just going to pay him next offseason. Like, they're just going to give him a contract. Will. I don't know Everybody if Everybody does. Sean, he's going to threaten to go play baseball. Well, let him. Let him threaten. You know, I mean, he's not going to go play baseball. He's not going to turn down the money, the the guaranteed money of a of a franchise tag if it ever gets there. The guaranteed money that he's going to get next season as well. So, he it's not going to happen. Play hardball. You're going to have to. But the the ballpark, I would keep an no pun no pun intended. I'd keep an eye on these contracts though because it's going to give you your ballpark of where you're going to have to be at for Kyler Murray. I just don't think you have to negotiate after year three. You don't have to negotiate after year four. Um, you, you know, you can you can use that fifth year option it's, if you if you start to get beyond the numbers show it. Yeah, but do you want to be the, the team that does that? The numbers. Do you want to be the team that does that? The numbers show it when you get beyond thirteen percent. When you get to thirteen percent and above of the quarterback and his percentage of your salary cap, you don't win Super Bowls. You your just roster don't. takes a hit. Your the last, takes the last time a team did was 1994, the San Francisco mm-hmm. 49ers with Steve Young, who made 13 and some change against the cap in terms of percentage, and they beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl. 19, Schubert, were you alive yet? When were you born? Well, say the year again. 1994. The Super Bowl would have taken place early in February that year. No, I was not alive. In my existence on this earth, a quarterback has not won a Super Bowl with more than 30% of the cap. And by the way, Brady's number last year was the highest of that group that you just mentioned. And he only came in at like 12 and a half, 12.8, I think yeah. was his number. Mm-hmm. So like, that's the high end. Like, that's the high end we're talking about. All those that's other the magic numbers are, ex- are, are extremely low. And, and Sean, listen, I, I, I love this. We'll have a little friendly wager here, okay? Okay. Kyler Murray next offseason when he signs this contract. Because mm-hmm. he's going to sign this contract. I don't think he does. But over ahead. over or under $40 million annual average value for, for Kyler Murray's contract? Over or under average 40? Yeah, because they'll do some cap magic to make the number different, but it'll it'll get hit. But overall, yeah. average. Because the stacks average is 4,160, which is 40 per year, but it only right. counts for 22 this year. They did, yep. a, they did a pretty interesting job yep. uh, creating some space for this uh, year. It'll be north. It'll be north. That's starting. How become, can it not be? Yeah, because you're gonna have three other guys sign contracts, right? And, and and that's where it starts to get dicey. That's when you start to be okay. You know, we have so say you have say you you're gonna pay is, a guy forty five well, million dollars a year. Why, this is why I don't think you do it next year. And if you want to win, you can't do it next year. You're just not gonna bring Chandler back. You know, I mean, when you think about it, say you have a quarterback that is making twenty five, thirty, forty million dollars a year, and you got a defensive end. Who's making twenty plus million dollars a year, and you got a wide receiver yeah. who's making fifteen million dollars a year, and you I mean like, okay, what the hell else are we putting around them unless we have draft picks who are you know are, are making, uh, you know, rookie deals that are significant contributors? You're just not going to have much around them at that point. Uh, so that's where it gets dicey, and that's why I don't. I, I think you're going to buckle up, Cardinal fans. I think if mm-hmm. this, if you're smart, if Steve Kime, the Bidwells are smart, just play some hardball because I, I I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm trying to keep Chandler Jones for two or three more years. You know, I, I gave you DeAndre Hopkins. I, I'm not doing it. So you're, you're going to have to wait. I have a five-year rookie contract. That's my window. That's the window. That's the window. I agree. I agree. But 
that's just not the way the NFL has worked. And I think once you see Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson all get contracts this offseason, I think it's just the the Cardinals are just going to have to be next up in line. And I don't know if they're the team that bucks the trend. So it'll be interesting to see. But I don't think all those teams, not this year, I don't think all those teams do it because of the salary cap this year. And not all of them are going to do it. That might be their own. That might be their only not all of them that are saves gonna do them it. from doing it. I think Josh Allen and Lamar uh, get them easy. I, I think, think Lamar does. The guy yeah, I, th- I think I, I agree with that. I think Lamar does. They've, they've already been talking about it for And Josh Allen, year. I mean, with the year that he had, how do you not, right? I mean, from Buffalo's perspective, how do you not lock him up? It, 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 again, it's risky when you do this because you're the, the way I phrase it is you're locking your roster in at that point. You lock in your roster and say, this is this is the team that we're rolling with. So it'll be it'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, DeAndre Ayton, Mikkel Bridges. Sean has decided that he wants to put me in a, in a weird spot where I have to decide which one of these guys is a role player and which one of these guys is a big three member. We'll do it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. I don't like any of this, Sean. I don't like what you have decided to do. And for those in the pre-show, we decided, hey, we've got to talk about the Suns. And Sean's like, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do, Schubert. This is the only thing you're well, allowed to do. This is a conversation. DeAndre Ayton or Mikel Bridges. Listen. And I'm going to give you two words, and you can only oh, put them in on. these boxes. Hang on. I got it. I got it. Hang on a second. So I'm having a conversation with a couple of buddies last night in a, in a, in a group text. Um, shout out to Ryan, loyal listener of the program. Um, but uh, I'm having a I'm having a conversation with him. We're watching we're watching the Suns game, and they're going on a mini run. And it was led by Mikel Bridges, who hits this ridiculous turnaround three from from the near side. Um, then causes a steal on the one end, runs the floor. You know they hit him in stride. He gets the bucket. I mean he's just all over the floor. And you know and it's been this way all year. I mean I've been touting Mikel Bridges all season, Schubert. You know, I, and so I texted them and I said, hey, you know, when you're talking about your big three, it's not Aiden and it's not going to be Aiden. And it's fine and we can accept that. As a fan base, we can accept that. The big three on this team is Booker, CP3, Bridges, and it's not even close. It feels, Bridges feels like that matrix role. So often do I go, damn, yep, there's the three from the corner. Oh, there he is with a big rebound. Oh, there he is getting his hand on a ball, tipping it out, you know, for a steal. Oh, there he goes dunking it in transition. It just feels like, the, it feels like matrix again. So many times. He's the big three with, if you're, if you're going to have a big three and every team's in search of that, right, in the NBA, uh, you got your superstar and you got two supporting cast members. You call it, these, these are our big three. It's in, on this basketball team, it's Booker. It's CP3, and it's Bridges. It's not Aiton, and that is okay. Sure, sure. And, and I, so agree, that, I and, agree with and you, this but is, this it's, is what it's I want. the next step that, you, that I have an issue with. So, so what I wanted, so I, I told you in the pre-show, I was like, hey, I'm going to give you two, it's just to get this point across, I said, hey, I'm going to give you two labels. You can only use the label one time. And I'm See, I don't you, like this. And I'm going to give you two players, and you have to put these, you have to put the labels on the player. One is part of the Suns' big three, and the other is a role player. Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. Place the labels on him, Schubert. This is Place unfair. the labels on him, Schubert, I'm not doing and do it. it realistically. I'm not doing this. No, I am not doing this because I think it is unfair. Because I agree with you that this year, the way that this team is structured, the big three is is Booker, CP3, and Mikel Bridges. But I will not go to the lengths of saying that DeAndre Ayton is a role player on this basketball team. I won't do it. You are not going to hear me say that on All this right. show. Well, and I, I'm going to come to the defense of DeAndre Ayton, which is weird for me. That's kind of not my 
brand, but I will come to the defense of DeAndre Ayton. They're not asking him to be a part of the big three. They are asking him yes. to have a role, and yes. he is playing that role. But to yes. just cast him off as a role player, I think he's doing a disservice to the year that DeAndre Ayton is having, and I will not allow it. I will not stand for it on this Here's show. Here's what I'm going to say. And Suns fans just need to have this mindset, and it'll take so much stress off of their, their uh, viewing of the Phoenix Suns every other night. DeAndre's a role player on this team, and that's okay. Too many Suns fans are so upset because he's the first overall pick, and I get it. The expectations when you make that first overall pick is this guy's going to transcend our program. This guy is going to be the difference maker for the next 10 years. And he's not. And he's never going to be. And that is okay. It doesn't mean he's not a productive member of the Phoenix Suns. It doesn't mean he's not a key piece to the overall construction of this roster, which I believe is the best it's been in 10 years. I don't even think that's arguable. But hes he, it doesn't mean he's not a key piece. Schubert, his ass yes. hasn't been on the floor in the fourth quarter for, what, the last four games? So what are Something we talking about? That, yeah. What are we talking about here? You're going to tell me he's not a role player when it's very easy for Monty Williams to say, hey, big fella, we're on a roll. Take a seat in the most important minutes of the basketball game. And you're going to tell but me, that, you're going to tell me that, that that's part of the, that's, oh, that's the guy they got to rely on. He's part of the big three. No, he's not. And, but listen, that's okay. If he wasn't drafted first overall and you just had the big fella on your roster, and he's giving you what he's giving you right now, you'd be like, that's an excellent piece to the Phoenix Suns. Everybody's hung up on where he was drafted. And yes, that sucked for the first few years, but at this point, it doesn't matter. At this point, it doesn't matter. He is what he is. He's a part of the Phoenix Suns roster, that the way it's constructed now, and you go forward with it, and right now it's a very good basketball team. He's not part of the big three. He won't be part of the, this team's quote-unquote big three going forward. And that is okay. But if, okay. if you just accept what he is, you'll feel better about yourself every other night when you click on Fox Sports Arizona and watch the Phoenix Suns. I disagree with part of what you said there. I think he can be part of a big three. I think his development, he is still young yeah, enough and he in is the developing in a way. You're just you're you're on a heater today. You're just you're firing <laughs> off just zingers left and right on the show today. You are feeling it on a Friday. I I I listen. And this coming from the guy who today I am wearing a Luka Doncic shirt. You know, Sean, how much I screamed it is about a scary taking Luka man Doncic. crush that you have. It okay, is a, it is a I love watching somewhat Luka upsetting play man crush that you have. So I understand that DeAndre Ayton can develop into a major piece, a major contributor to this team. Just because they're not asking him to do that now, I don't think it means that he won't be that in the future. I'm not willing to go to that length. He's shooting, his true shooting percentage is through the roof. He's excelled defensively. He's taking great steps forward defensively. They are asking him to contribute the 14 points a night that he contributes. Mm -hmm. They're asking him to be a, a thorn on defense. They're asking him to rebound the basketball. He's doing all of those things exceptionally well. And I think, Sean, if they asked him to do more, he would do more. But Monty Williams, look at the way his roster is constructed right now and says, this is the best way for me to win basketball games. That's okay. So I agree with you. If you're asking me to evaluate the 2020-2021 Phoenix Suns and say big three or role player, then yes, that that is the role they're asking DeAndre Ayton to be. But moving moving forward, how about this, Sean? How mm -hmm. about this for a take? I'll give you a take on a Friday. Right. I'll fire one off here. Okay. The, the, the Suns big three two yep. years from now, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. How you doing? 
There you go. There's a take for Devin you. Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, whichever point guard we got to replace CP3. That's what it'll be. Um, so the here's a question for you, Schubert, because your yes. your analytical uh, financial side, your love of that aspect of all things sports. His contract's coming up not long from now. Yeah, I knew you were going to go here. I don't have a good answer for you. What are you okay? paying him? I don't him? have a good answer. You I don't him? know. Are you paying him like a big three type player on your roster? Or are you paying him like I a role player? Are, yeah. No, I'll I know, tell I you right you, now. Yeah. You're paying his ass like a role player. And, as, and if you don't, somebody else will pay him in the same amount. He has not excelled to the point where you look at him as an elite in this league. You don't. Financially, he's not going to be paid that way when that contract comes up unless something drastic changes. And it listen, again, everything I'm saying is okay. You know, we, there's no reason to get upset about what DeAndre Ayton is and who he is and how he's being utilized on this basketball team because the Suns are number two in the Western Conference. Who cares? You know what I mean? Who cares forget about where he was drafted forget about the Suns passing over the dude on on Chris Schubert's shirt right now forget about it all he's a key contributor to this basketball team he plays a significant role key key emphasis on the last word am I wrong with saying any of that Schubert no I I just don't like I don't like the assumption that you're making that he can never be you're putting a you're putting a negative stigma on being a, a, a key contributor and a role no, player of a basketball I, team. I'm just disagreeing with your notion that he can't become a member of the Big Three because I think he can. I will come to the defense of DeAndre Ayton here. I think this season in particular has shown to me that he is making enough strides in his game is as they ask him to do more, and they will have to do that. As CP3 gets older, they are going to ask him to do more, and then CP3 is going to be gone, so DeAndre Ayton is going to be asked to do more. I think he is up for the challenge. I, I do not, and here's the difference. I do not think he will reach the level of number one overall pick superstar in the league, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic level of what that position can be. Mm-hmm. But can he be a, a key piece to a big three, be one of the pieces? Absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind. No doubt. I disagree. And it's okay. It's okay. All right, you got some baseball just, to yell at. I, know, I just don't know why you did this. I don't know why you did this to me on a Friday. Listen, just, Phoenix just, Suns are just, playing just, incredible basketball. And, I'm just and you watching. just had to come here and be negative. No, just, I, That's I, I, really what listen, you had to be. Nothing, nothing about what I said right now was negative. It was just, it, Of course it was. Are you kidding me? No, it was just trying to get a mindset through. When you're watching the Phoenix Suns, enjoy what Mikel Bridges is becoming. Somebody's going to pay him big money, I'll tell you that much. Enjoy what Mikel Bridges is becoming. And let go of the fact that DeAndre Ayton was drafted first overall and just accept him for what he is and the overall construction of this roster. And it's okay. That he's considered that he's a role player on this team. It's okay, and it's okay because of the development of Mikel Bridges. But it's okay. They're two in the Western Conference. Just enjoy it, man. Just enjoy it. Coming up now. Coming yeah, up next. now it's time to get negative. Schubert's going to scream and yell, and I'm just going to sit back. Coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, Sean is absolutely correct. The negativity is going to flow through the end of the show because Major League Baseball is doing Major League Baseball things. We'll do it next here. All right, Sean, you want a negativity? I'm going to provide you with some negativity here to close how the show. I'm going to try talk, to do this. How negative are we talking? Like, I'll oh, put this the, six, I, I will put the 60-second clock on your ass no, real quick. So no, we don't no, have to it's going to be longer than 60 Friday. seconds. Right. It is going to be longer than 60 seconds. So on Thursday, yesterday, Major League Baseball outlined a bunch of rule changes, experimental rules that they're going to implement at different levels 
of the minor leagues. So, uh, Sean, do you have a handy index card with a marker? Because you're going to need to write all these down. I always have different my index card. In, Schubert, in different leagues. I want you to be you know, prepared to ask any follow-up questions. Okay. I'm just going to present the rules at first, and then I'll yell at the end. So here's right. rule number one. At the AA level... The, uh, the defense will have to have four infielders mandated to have both feet on the infield dirt. Basically, you're not allowed to shift. You cannot have a guy go sitting out there in right field on uh, for, for a shift. Uh, depending on the results, the league said, the second half of the season could see a more extreme version of the rule that has two infielders on each side of the second base bag. Okay, there's your rule at double A. In the low A Southeastern League, previously known as the Florida State League, they're going to use ABS. No, that's not the uh, the the automated brake system in your car. That is the automated ball strike system. Okay, in select games to determine the optimal strike zone for the system. This was used in the Arizona Fall League and it was used in, in the Atlantic League in 2019. Okay, great. Another low A league, the West Low A League, they're going to operate under a 15 second pitch clock. And we've seen that in the Arizona Fall League. We've seen that in spring training. They're going to institute that as well. Okay, this is a low A wide rule covering all of the low A A leagues. Pitchers can attempt a pickoff or step step off the rubber only twice per at-bat. Love it. If they are to do so a third time and they fail to pick off the runner, a balk will be called and the runners will advance a base. I like it. One more rule here for you. Actually, Mm -hmm. two more rules here for you. Then there's a rule at high A that pitchers must step off the rubber before throwing to first base, which basically takes away any advantage a left-handed pitcher has of being able to pick anybody off. And then the final rule at AAA, the bases will be three inches longer on each side. They're doing this uh, to to, um, reduce the amount of collisions that occur at first base, more of a safety issue here. Sean, you add all of this up, and Major League Baseball – is attempting to change their game because they think that these types of rules are what's going to make more people watch the game. And all this says to me, Sean, is they don't understand their own product. They have no idea what is going on. People don't watch. People, on they spend all day on Saturday. They spend four-plus hours watching a college football game. That is four-plus hours. That is longer than the average baseball game. So there is no issue with people sitting down for extended periods of time. The reason why baseball is losing viewership is it is a slower sport compared to all of the other sports. But you know what, Sean? Have you watched golf lately? They're not drastically changing the rules. Oh, you can only use a six iron on hole number 15 because that'll speed the the, the round up a little quicker. No, they're letting the game breathe. And you know what? Golf has something that baseball doesn't lean into. Golf has villains. People hate watching Patrick Reed. They hate watching Bryson DeChambeau. There are characters and personalities in golf, and baseball doesn't steer into that because the moment a guy does a bat flip, they're public enemy number one, and we have to run them out of the sport. This is ridiculous. This shows me that Rob Manford and Major League Baseball have no idea what their game is about. Zero. None. Yeah, I mean, this has been, it's been this way for a while now. And and you're using the exact same example I've used many times as well. Like, it's not the amount of time I have to invest into the into the game. I mean, I'll sit and watch a three-hour NFL game on Sunday morning, followed by a three-hour NFL game on Sunday afternoon, followed by a three-hour NFL game Sunday night. Oh, and then Monday when I get home from work, I'm going to watch another three hours. And then on Thursday when I, I'm going to watch another – it's not the time I'm investing. It's not how long the game is. It's the game itself. You're not wrong about that. 
and there's not much you can do about it. I love what you're saying about um, creating personalities within the sport. The NBA is the perfect example of what creating superstars and villains within your game can do for its for its viewership and its fans. Uh, you, you know, you go back to, and MJ played a big role in that, by the way, but David Stern was all about making this league about the players, creating superstars, creating narratives, creating storylines. Baseball has never been that, ever. And it's gotten the worse Golden State over Warriors the years. are the perfect example of that. Everybody mm-hmm. loved watching the Golden State Warriors rise to the top. Yep. Now everybody roots for them to lose. Yep. And now we're getting to a point where people are rooting for them again, but that's what I'm talking about. Like those narratives, yep, they don't not there. have those in they sports don't. because and Rob that, Manfred and the old guard of, of baseball fans and baseball writers in general, and I'm going to put a lot of this on the writers. I, I just am. They gatekeep the Hall of Fame, which is mm-hmm. which is a huge deal. It just is. I, I will continue to, to stand up on that table. And they like Fernando Tatis Jr. is the most marketable player in the sport right now. He's going to be on the cover of the new Major League Baseball, uh, the show video game that comes out next month. He um, signed that big mega contract. He's a fun, exciting young player in this game. I guarantee you this dude's going to do a, a crazy bat flip in which he launches the bat into the third row at, 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 at Petco in San Diego, and everybody's going to hate him again because uh, apparently you're not allowed to have fun in baseball, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And listen, this is coming from a diehard baseball fan. You know, Sean, like I'm diehard baseball guy through and through. I don't think what I'm asking for is 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 unrealistic. Just let the players play the game, and it'll be fun. Can it's I, not going to uh, drastically change the game. Can I can I can I throw some stuff out here though? Sure, go ahead. Just make mm-hmm. me more angry. I um, I don't hate the two pickoff attempts. No, that's stupid. That's I don't stupid. hate it. Because by the second you know time, by the second time, you're like, you're not getting them, dude. Let's go. We don't need a third, fourth, and fifth. Let's go. I don't hate that one. The stepping off the rubber in order to throw to first is stupid. You, you literally take away any left-handed pitcher stupid. advantage. Like that's I, how they hold runners on. It's it's, I, it's it's dumb. I don't hate the automatic balls and strike system. No, no, no. I, I'm just I, I was laying them all out there. That. that one I'm okay with. Yeah, that one's fine. I know baseball purists. I'm I'm in, I'm I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that, Schubert. Because I know baseball purists are like, well, it's part of the game. Some guys You're are right. Because I enjoy watching Angel Hernandez constantly miss balls Thank and strikes you. in key spots Thank in the you. playoffs. You're right because it's really enjoyable. And the 15 second pitch clock. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I just don't think it's necessary. It's not going to help it's, the problem. It's not going to help me watch the game more. It's not. It's not. If anything, and by the way, you're gonna tire the shifts out thing is stupid. The shifts thing, the, eh. the shifts thing is stupid. I don't hate it. Okay, okay, you're you're not allowed to double team in the NBA. That's what you're saying. That's the equivalent. That is that is the equivalent of what you're right. saying. And or if bracket, and if Adam Silver covered someone, or yeah. if Adam Silver said you can't double team in the NBA, people would lose their minds. Right, and or rightly so. Or say I can't bracket coverage Tyreek Hill. Right. I can't. Yeah, I, you, yeah. you just got a single Everybody, high one-on-one yeah. man coverage. <laughs> yeah, like, it's stupid. Right. You you play the you play the matchup, and if the matchup says put a guy here because it'll get us more outs, how can you tell a team they can't do that? It, it's ridiculous and it's annoying, and, and I'm I'm just so angry, and I'm sorry that I'm negative here on a Friday. I'll get us out of here. Yeah, get us uh, on a positive so, here. So, so, so we're not uh, we're not as we're not as negative here. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore Podcast, where there will be lots of, lots of positivity, and you know where there'll be lots of positivity, Sean. Sunday, Facebook. 
the noble live show that Sean and I do on Sunday. There will be lots of positivity there. So come on and join us. Uh, we wrap up all the things that happen over the weekend. And I'm sure in the National Football League alone, there'll be a lot of cuts and player movement that we will have to discuss on Sunday. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at S Crespin 2 Everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We will talk to you on Sunday.